The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hello, Tom and Susan. Love the podcast. Paul from Australia ringing. Just a question about that fat Albert guy and the sperm in the, uh, in the coffee. You'd think that bloody Starbucks would um, sue, this, sue the living ass off this guy. So I'm wondering why they haven't actually taken some sort of legal action against him uh, to shut him up. Anyway, love the podcast. Keep it up. Bye. Hi, Cecil and Tom. This is Esme. Um, the reason that there's a long period of radio silence is because I was referred to on Google Plus in a chat, you know, string as your guys' stalker, and I it made me sad. So I decided that I needed to, like, you know, let some other people uh, leave you messages and harass you. But I've listened to every show. I'm still the biggest fan there is and it's apparently a stalker, which is not untrue if you can stalk someone in Chicago, people in Chicago from Los Angeles. Um, anyway, the reason I'm calling is because apparently, although I am grateful that you love David Cross and that you mentioned my email, you did not listen to the attachment to the email in which uh, you would have heard David Cross being even more hilarious and more crazed and, well, not crazed, but... Um, um, even more, you know, un, I guess, politically incorrect. I get so nervous when I'm leaving a message to you guys because I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking to you on Tom. It's so exciting. And I can't speak. It's so annoying. Ugh. Anyway, uh, there's nothing more now that I can think of to say, except maybe I will try and get David Cross on your show. I mean, I probably can. I don't have that kind of juice, but um, we'll see. I'm going to try. Glory Hole! Yay! Nailed it! Remember Glory Hole! Okay, bye. You know, Tom, there's nothing like having a really shitty day and then listening to you go, that just brought it all back to reality and cracked my ass up. You guys, you totally rock. Glory Hole. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is episode 190 of Cognitive Dissonance. It's not, is it? Yeah. I wrote it. I wrote it right down. Look at that. 190 already? 190. You could check it against 
Where's the fucking tool that guy made? <laughs> God damn it! It better be episode 190. I, yes, it is. 190? It is. A it's a lot, dude. Wow. It's a lot. That's By amazing. my math, it's like 10 more until 200. Whoa. I could be wrong, though. What I are we going to do, do for 200? I don't know. We got to do something We got to do something big, though. Well, I don't know if the listeners suggest some things. Yeah, what do you want us to do for episode 200? We'll do something fun. Yes, we're not very creative. Come up with something. Yeah, come up with something good. Send but it we to are actually PR recording department. this one here in Glory Hole Studios. We together. are. So 200 probably should be in Glory Hole Studios too. I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah, 200 should yeah. be together. Or so. a nice place. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> or mean, a just place we're visiting. It doesn't smell like your funk. Yeah, no, I think I think I might be good too. Yeah, I'll wear my shoes for episode 200. That'll be that'll be the, that'll be the consolation. That'll be my gift. Yeah, because you're not you. wearing pants. So. <laughs> hey, I don't care if you are a guest in my yeah. home. <laughs> so this is episode 190. We're recording it obviously together while we're uh, making some beer. So you know, if the show feels a little disjointed, it's probably because we're recording it in multiple pieces. Yeah, and not paying a lot of attention to it because we're thinking about other beer upstairs. Yeah, other things. So yeah, we're thinking got about other things. other things on our mind. So, so. this show, like all shows. Is really a consolation prize. Yeah. yeah. Wah, wah. It's like you lost a contest, but you're not even sure what the contest was. <laughs> you know, like all it's like somebody just comes up to you and is like, I'm so sorry. And you yeah. don't know what for. Yeah. Like, what what's going on? It's like, well, that's cognitive dissonance. <laughs> it's just Or they congratulate you for getting through one episode. Right? And they're just, like, Congratulations. <laughs> what did I graduate from something? Or did I get married? Did I have a child I don't know about? Oh, you just listen to one episode you listen of to Cognitive Dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. You, our deepest condolences. Uh, so speaking of condolences, um, we should move on to uh, Pat Robertson. The this Pat guy, is, this guy is just fucking spectacular. A couple of things with him this week. Yeah, he's he's really he's been on kind of a roll. So yeah. we got a couple of stories. The first one, he's really been hitting the uh, like the the women in trouble. Like I should, that sounded bad. He's really been hitting the women. <laughs> he's really been hitting the women in trouble. So Pat Robertson beats women in trouble. Yeah. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. It's well, a maybe. Quote. Yeah. Uh, this one is Pat Robertson's single mother is tempting God by not getting married. <laughs> tempting yeah, God? Tem- tempting him to do what? What like, is She's not a piece of chocolate cake. Right, like she's- God's just going to be like, oh, look Man. at that single mother. I'll tell you what, I really want to <sighs> eat a large chocolate cake. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you this much, though. I would believe... If like an enormous hand like reached out and like plucked up single mom, <laughs> like oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. and like legs, like, like fucking blood and bits of single mothers right. rained sure. down from the heavens, I'd be like, yeah. well, that's fucking clear yeah. evidence. Like, then there's right a there. tempting going on. That, you know, the problem is that like single mothers are like Cheetos. Like you can't, you get all that orange yeah. on your hands right. and you like try to get it off. Yeah. It just makes it hard for God to play Xbox. His his toga just has smears on the front he's of the smears. Just wipes it out. He's basically got like 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 single mother blood waterfalls it's flowing his, down. It's his, on his jeans and on his on his chest. There, he's like basically region. like imagining yeah. God as like like a disgusting like. Gamer guy, right? Exactly, <laughs> like exactly. A guy who doesn't leave a, a ba- yeah. basement, like somebody, well, kind, who, of, kind of somebody who sits in their basement mm-hmm. with earphones on. No, <laughs> stop. Wait. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it, you guys! <laughs> Shut up, bitch! Oh man! Oh, God's Jesus. got like a fucking filthy beard with like bits of like bits of single mother. It like, doesn't in there. matter it what's doesn't, in there. Yeah, yeah right. Because like, he, you can sacrifice a lot of different things. So there's probably some. Sacrificed the ram. Oh there, yeah, smoke of and then eel yeah, and right. like some yeah. doves and shit. All the stuff that yeah. you can put up in yeah. that. Beard. <laughs> <laughs> you 
filthy. Oh, disgusting God. So, hold on now. He says, would you want to listen to what he has to yeah, say? Yeah, we got to listen have, to this. We yes. have like, it's like a minute long. I don't want to put words in Pat Robertson's right. mouth. A ball gag, yes, yeah. but words, no. <laughs> What's the safe word, Pat? <laughs> This is Mark Pat, who says, My daughter's been living with a man for three years and has a baby by him. She's told her kids that they're married, but she won't marry him because she's had two husbands already. She told me once that it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. I tell her that forgiveness is for when you fall into sin and not for premeditated sin. Who is right? Could you tell me who's right so I can rub it in her face? Is there a possibility that I could get your endorsement, Pat Robertson, so that at when I sit down for Thanksgiving dinner, I can flip my pay- plate at her and say she's so fucking wrong. Right. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. right. It's like, I've been judging my daughter. Yeah. And she won't put up with that shit. <laughs> so I need an authority figure. Uh, so I thought I'd call an old man on TV <laughs> and see what your thoughts are about my daughter, who clearly doesn't give a fuck. Oh, man. Like, can you imagine how that conversation would go? It's like, well, I talked to Pat Robertson <laughs> and he says, you're a dirty, filthy whore. And it's like, that's okay. exactly what he says. Dude. Okay. Let's listen to what he has to say. I hope it's dirty. I hope he's just like, whore! <laughs> How was your day at the whore? You're absolutely right on that one. This, this girl's playing games. I don't know what kind of bringing up she had, but she didn't have a, a very good one. It doesn't sound like a couple of marriages already. I mean, she's obviously undisciplined. Uh, rebellious. Uh, she can't hold a, a stable relationship, and now she won't enter into one, even though she's got a child by this uh, this man. Um, and then she's she's tempting God. I mean, man, she is walking on the edge. You think, uh, well, Linda was taking a chance. I mean, she's really on a tightrope, and she is. I mean, I would certainly pray for her, and I'd warn her because she's asking for it, and it's going to be really tough. But don't don't tell me it's, it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. I mean that that's a that's a big joke. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. but not when you're dealing with the Lord. I mean, sooner or later, God's going to say that's all she wrote, baby, and and it's going to be tough. What does it even mean? <laughs> None of that means anything. Wait, she's walking a tightrope. Well, he's you know he's he's referring to he's referring to that dipshit who. Did the discovery walk the tightrope across? The oh yeah, prison. yeah, the guy who did the Chicago tightrope thing. Tight yeah. Did you see any of that? I didn't see any of it. I saw zero minutes. Sarah of had it, it on. Uh, I came in the room and Sarah had it on, and she said, "Hey, they're up the street. They're because they were oh, in right. Chicago, yeah. and they were walking across a famous building in Chicago." And she said, "Hey, they're right up the street." And I said, oh, that's great. And I went back in the other room because <laughs> yeah, I didn't right? care. Like, but I could hear from the other room this guy every few steps. He, he would say, praise God, oh, praise Jesus, praise you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the strength, power, Jesus. And they had Austin on there to give like a prayer oh, beforehand. Oh, come on. Absolutely. It was crazy. And it was live television that was completely like uh, sort of an evangelistic feel to it. Everything felt churchy and the guy kept praising Jesus. It was really strange. And so he's referring to that guy when he says, uh, well, Linda was taking a chance He's saying I got that you. the girl is walking a tightrope, too. How would that prayer work? Like, dear God, please protect this man flagrantly uh, flouting his life and I know. taking unnecessary risks for no reason other than publicity and probably money. 
Meanwhile, if you could ignore the tens of millions of other people that are thing that night that they like desperately just want to have a food and to live in a safe place. Meanwhile, protect this dipshit walking on a rope between two buildings for no fucking reason other than for a big toothed preacher. To fucking yammer jam to, about to, it. To praise you about it and, and spread your word. It's funny because I think of Cash, his show Atheists on Air, and mm-hmm. how it, it when it, it started. I haven't listened for the past couple episodes, so I don't know if it still starts this way, but it had started with the uh, right this day, or this day, 17,000 people will starve to death. Right. And you wonder about that. You think, oh, 17,000 people are going to starve to death, but this guy, he's the one with Jesus' protection today. Can't you spread that around a little? Right. I don't need it all. I just need a little just to get between these two buildings. Maybe you could protect some people who are going to die today, Jesus. That's it. And like you make it across, you're like, thank you, Jesus. That's kind of a big fuck you to all those people that are like, I haven't eaten in so long. It'd be awesome like, if he gets to the other side and he explodes into manna and falls from the heavens. <laughs> he just becomes bread, bread and fish. Bread and fish and he just, just falls down. down. There you go. Yeah, but that's what he's referring to when he talks about it. I don't understand the tempting God part, though. Like, I really don't. Tempting God for what? And how do you even tempt a God? Yeah, well, doesn't that imply, like, if, if I'm God and I'm going to be tempted— so if I'm tempted, what am I tempted toward? I'm tempted toward things I want to do, right. but that I hold myself back from doing despite wanting to do it, right? So, like, I would be tempted to, say, eat a piece of cake. Sure. But let's not fuck yeah, around. I would You're just going to eat a fucking Like, okay, cake. so let me right. rephrase yeah, that. Rephrase it. I might be tempted to buy another cake. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm too lazy to actually yeah, right. eat the it's cake. Like, so and if and I so like when I read this or when I hear this, I hear like I hear this idea that like God is going to send this woman to hell, basically. Right. That, but but that implies that he's tempted to send everyone into hell. Sure. And that the only reason he doesn't is because he can't come up with a good enough excuse to chuck everybody <laughs> like into the fucking pit of ultimate despair. Right. Because like, otherwise you would be tempted. Like what if I were benevolent? Wouldn't I be tempted to forgive first? And then that adage that he like poo poos, right? The adage is like it's it's better to ask forgiveness than, to than beg permission. Beg yeah. permission, yeah. right? Well, your whole fucking religion is built on forgiveness. Yeah. And, and then he laughs at it like, oh, not with God. Well, no, actually, very fucking specifically <laughs> with the Christian God. Like with no, your whole thing yeah. is built yeah. on forgiveness. Right. right. It's 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 forgetting what your main tenant is. It's like it's being Alamo and not renting cars. You know what I mean? It's, 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 sorry. It's all of a sudden one yeah. day you show up to Alamo and they're just slaughtering people. Yeah. And you're like, this is the wrong Alamo. The wrong Alamo, damn What's it. going on here? I need my coonskin cap. I wanted a Chevy Cruze. Yeah. This is not what I was hoping for. Actually, I wasn't hoping for the Chevy Cruze, yeah. to be honest with you. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. It sprays just like a fountain from his mighty meaty sword, which is long and hard and throbbing, filled with holy blood and gorged. It's Jesus, high hard on. Glory, glory, whole he'll do ya. Glory, whole I wish I knew ya. Glory, whole, oh hallelujah. Behold his long black cock. So this next story is also from the Raw story, and it's also from Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson tells women how to get clean after abortions and multiple sex partners. You know, when I read this, I thought these were going to be shower instructions. <laughs> just, just, 
Just a detailed. You got to use a pumice soap, right? When yeah. you're in there after the after the abortion, abortion. you got to get. <laughs> God, and oh, you need no. one of those oh, one of those no. nuclear reactor like sprayers. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> One of those ones that they use in Silkwood or whatever. God, oh. Jeez. Yeah. So this is like a seven-minute clip, so we're actually not going to play the clip because it's just absolutely for shit. Um, but he basically uh, relays the story or allows this woman to relay her story um, about how she became a stripper to rule over men. Yeah. Um, so it's it's clearly one of those stories that, like, the focus of the story is not about, like, why this woman may have had a difficult time with her chosen career or, like, whatever. Instead, it's like, strippers are bad for men, right? Because, like, sure. you'll become powerless to the allure of the woman. Like, yeah. and I just picture, like, a stripper, like, popping up out of a basket like a cobra. Like, <laughs> doo-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, you're mesmerized in front, like... Right. I, although I guess the the man would be the cobra, right? And then the the woman would be the person with the little flutey thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, maybe not the entire man, but certainly parts of parts him. Of the, doo, 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 parts of them. Parts of them are gonna rise. <laughs> <laughs> if it can wiggle, if you could put a bend in it and wiggle like that, good for you. Hey, good for you. You they know call what that I mean? The tickler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the moment mine bends, that's all it is. Well, that's I mean, there's it. not it's like done. it's not like there's a bend and then there's yeah. a front. Piece that's when the, the apologies front. begin. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's when you just. <laughs> Or at least become more I, earnest. I had a little too much to drink tonight. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Set a set a timer. It's gonna be a <laughs> set while. A timer. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that this woman talks about, and we watched part of this earlier. Uh, and I, you know, if you would like to, you could go to pa- this raw story page and you could watch this. It's about seven minutes long, like Tom said. But we had watched it earlier, and one of the things that occurred to me was. Uh, the woman continues to say things uh, such as she felt she felt dirty and that she felt that she was unclean and that she needed to be saved and that she was doing all these horrible things like sleeping with men and things like that. And she felt really bad because she was having sex and having having lots of sex and then treating herself like a sex object. And I mentioned to Tom earlier, and I think this is this is important. The only people that feel like that are the people who make sex such a reverential act that they can't look past it as a human act. Right. They look at it as as something that's transcendent. It transcends the human, and so that they feel like that act has some sacred component to it. And while it does solidify relationships, there's no question that psychologically, sure. sex yeah. solidifies relationships. It also is not anything extra normal. It's just sex. And if people were to treat it as just another act of the human body, you would run into a lot less of the people who suddenly hate themselves because they had sex outside of wedlock or they became part of the sex industry in some way, whether it's a stripper or whatever it is that they happen to be doing. Yeah, you know, there's there's like there's so much about our biology that we have internalized a hatred for, right? Like yeah. we've internalized a hatred for like we're we're disgusted by all the processes of our bodily selves. Yeah. And and that's such a ridiculous way to go through life as a fucking organism, right? Like if in fact you cut me open and I were just like a ball of sentient light that happened to be trapped in a fucking meat puppet, yeah. then that would make sense, <laughs> totally, right? Totally, right. Yeah. Then I'd be like, "Well, yeah, because I was something greater than that." Yeah. And I you know, but but the reality is that I am the meat puppet. Yeah. That there's no me outside the meat sure. puppet. 
And so, like, I'm not, like, grossed out by the fact of my biology. Like, I bleed, I shit, I piss, I have sex, I eat food, I fall asleep when I don't want to. Like, these are just parts of being a fucking meat. Yeah. That's it. Like, I just walk around it. But this woman, like, she has to, like, th- this religious nonsense, like, it just it just preaches the shame. And, you know, I make the joke about being like a ball of light, but, I mean, isn't that, like, kind of an analogy for the soul? Like, because they believe that we are a soul— and the body is just sort of this temporary inconvenience that we're saddled with while we're on the earthly plane. And right, it's right. part of all the earthly desires. And then all this shit is bad and evil. And it's like, get rid of all that. You'll have way more fun. Yeah. You'll be okay with it. Like, you'll fart and think it's funny again. Yeah. You know what nobody, I mean? Nobody looks at you and, and thinks it's disgusting where people laugh and say, ha ha, that's funny right. that, you, that you farted. Because it's and, like a, there's a commonality yeah. to that experience. Like, ah, it's ridiculous and kind of silly, and yeah. I'm human and you're human, yeah. and let's enjoy the sure. absurdity of yeah. our flesh. Yeah. You know? Instead of, I'm going to punish myself, you know, emotionally right. and mentally right. over this, this transgression, which I'm not transgressing against anyone except for myself, and it's not even a transgression. You were having—I'm sure you weren't having sex— just to make someone mad, you were having sex because it felt good. Right. Because it made you feel good. It made you feel wanted. It made you feel, you know, good about sure, yourself. Right. There's a reason why you want to have sex with someone because someone wants to wants to want you. And that makes you feel good. And the the idea that she isn't getting anything out of this, that she's only getting bad things out of this, that she's only know, stacking right? these bad things on, completely takes all the fun and Im- importance out of sex, in my opinion. Let's say I am grossly obese because it's easy sure, to say. Yeah, no, it's easy. What, yeah, because right. it's, true, yeah, it's true, right? Yeah, and and I eat like like a you know your standard like lunchtime three gallon thing of ice cream. Sure, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, like even if even if that's a decision that I later regret, it doesn't mean I didn't get any pleasure from eating the ice cream, right? Like it still tastes good. Sure, it still satisfies you know a physical need. Often food will satisfy an emotional need. Food is actually a decent analogy here, like yeah. because there's there's a lot of shame that goes involved that's involved with people eating and like how much people eat and overeating and it's like there's all this like baggage that comes with it, but it's just a part of our sure, biology. Sure. And there's going to be days you regret what you've done, and there's going to be days you don't regret it, and then there's going to be things that just fucking flat out neutral. And there's a bonding to sharing a meal, just like there's a bonding to having sex with somebody. Like there's, it's just part of being yeah. in the flesh yep. and of the flesh. Yep. You know, we just got to get over that. Like, it's it's crazy. And this, but but I will say to her credit, Christ held her face. That's what it says. What she says, what she says, is that Christ held her face. <laughs> held her face. He held her face while he face fucked her. That's what he. <laughs> that's what he. You gotta, Tom. You have to hold the face when you do that. If you don't, their their face just bounces away. You've got to hold yeah, on to it. You gotta it. really have and a then, grip there. Yeah, and you really gotta make. And that's why that's why that sound, long hair that often. clucking sound comes out. That <laughs> that's where that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. That's it. Yeah. She says it here. Like Christ held my face and said, "You are worthy. You are a worthy daughter of a king, and I love you." Then she recalled, it sped up time so much when I started capturing those lies that I was dirty because of all the sex that I had and all the men that I had let touch me. And God would say, you are pure. You are a pure daughter, and I purify you. That didn't happen. Like you said when we were talking about this, you just decided you were okay with it. Yeah. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, no fucking footprints in the sand yeah. shit. Like, God wasn't like, God wasn't like, while you were blowing those dudes, I was holding you. <laughs> oh, no. That's I not- was the pads under your knees. <laughs> oh, shit. I was, oh, 
Oh, no. I was, I was your... the hand that unbun- unbuckled your bra. <laughs> oh, this is the worst footprints ever. It's the worst one. God. I, I, I was your gag reflex. Oh, no. I was your tolerance for salt. <laughs> No, no more. That's it. No more. Stop it. It was enough. I was the tears in your mascara. (laughs) I said, who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. In a move that will come as a surprise to nobody, this next story comes from the Raw story. <laughs> we got to start paying them a royalty. I know. At yeah. this point. Or they should like, pay us. Yeah, we're probably our, driving traffic. Our in-depth analysis of their stories. We could be driving as many as one to two people. Yeah. A year. A year. To this They site. should become patrons of I our should. show. <laughs> <laughs> if Raw story becomes a patron of the show. Yeah. Like. All right, so Christian radio host. That's, not <laughs> that's, that's, that's just so absurd. It's not gonna. It's 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 more absurd than the gods we talk about on this show. <laughs> the idea that anybody who has options, you know, would actually. Christian radio host admits to sexually abusing eleven year old boy while another man watched. I don't, you know, it's like, it's like you read that headline and you just you just have to pause for a second. So Grand Rapids, Michigan, Christian radio host broadcaster was sentenced on Monday to at least 25 years in prison yep. for the rape of an 11-year-old boy. He pled guilty to sexual assault. Um, and it, it's, it's not just that he was sexually abusing somebody, but he was arranging with the help of another person to procuring children yeah. for this other dude to have sex with. Um but it wasn't a Fairfield Inn, which is a Marriott property. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. You get extra points if you stay there. So. <laughs> you know, uh, this is something we talked about in the past. I don't know if you remember this guy, Bellew or whatever. We mentioned this guy who was from mm-hmm. Michigan. Yeah. And uh, and they had arrested him or whatever. And uh, And we had gotten messages from people. That said, hey, guys, it's just alleged. Even though he had already confessed to the crimes when we talked about it on the show, they were like, hey, it's just alleged. Well, now it's clearly not alleged anymore. He's convicted of this crime. And uh, if you watch the the, uh, report here, there's a report from Channel 8, I guess, up there. Uh, There's a point where he says, I just want to take the opportunity to say... I am feeling very deep and constant remorse for my actions, and I want the family to know I am very sorry and wish I could have could do something uh, to correct what has been done. Uh, what do you say? I mean, I, I know that that's got to be a horrible position for everybody involved. Clearly, you know, it's sure, not a th- right. it's not something that anybody ever thinks of. But that's those words feel so weak to me. Yeah, well, what wouldn't feel weak? Though? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I'm feeling very deep remorse. Well, you know what, man? I mean, you're feeling deep remorse because you got caught doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, if, if your remorse yep. was so great before, you wouldn't have done the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, the remorse did not outstrip your desire to perform the action. Yeah. You know, so. And procuring a child through another person to have sex with them. It's so premeditated, man. It's, it's crazy. It's, I mean, it's not yeah. a spur of the moment. And even even those are not. It's not that I'm condoning any of that stuff, but it's not. It's not anything, even that develops out of nothing. 
Right. It clearly has some path in your own brain that brings it out into reality. Yeah, you had to be at some point like thinking to yourself like, oh, yeah, I got to meet that guy at like four so that I can procure a boy for (laughs) him to have sex with at a hotel. (laughs) Like, oh, at some point, like it's in your fucking Google calendar. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, okay. It's got got a code name, but it's still in your Google calendar. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the part of this, the reason that something like this would make it to the show is because this guy is a a Christian radio broadcaster. Right. You know, and the the whole Christian radio circuit is enormous. Yeah. It's just, it's absolutely enormous. You know, the the TV, the radio, for a a persecuted minority— I it know. is amazing. Gosh, how much? How many venues? How many every media? Every week, Tom, they pull themselves up by their bootstraps. I'm, every single week, it's amazing to have that God big of bootstraps. Him, Cecil. God bless. Everyone. God bless them and America. <laughs> and God bless their guns. <laughs> now, the concern, obviously, is if this isn't, isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire fruited plain and. You're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. <laughs> yeah, okay, hold on. Then the best part about this is the image. <laughs> the image. I gotta, I'm going to read the title. That we just talk about the image. Bachman-affiliated law firm warns federal court gay marriage leads to man marrying animals. Why has it got to be a man well, marrying? I, I don't know. Like I don't know. women don't ever want to. I mean, there's a fucking donkey show. I don't know. <laughs> Is that just like a one night stand? A one night it's not, stand. It's not. The donkey's yeah. not marriage Look. material. <laughs> She's not looking for a long term relationship. She's looking for something long, but not a long term relationship. This isn't the kind of donkey you bring home to mother. <laughs> Eeyore. <laughs> you know that's the problem with the donkeys. They're so sad. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know, bring them home. They got a fucking ribbon on their tail and a oh. fucking mopey face. It's not even worth blowing them anymore. Mope, <laughs> mope faced donkeys. <laughs> So the image associated with this article is like a sad little dachshund with like a fucking piece of doily or something on its head. Like it looks a, like a marriage bow, right? right? That's what yeah, I mean. it's, yeah like, it's like a veil. It's the veil. Yeah, you want to have yeah. a veil like as it walks down the aisle. Does the dog wear white too? I, I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, what I see. Are this they gonna head? have kids? No, yeah. she's spayed. She's, <laughs> she's a rescue. <laughs> Uh, hey, have you seen my wife? Oh, don't worry. She's microchip. <laughs> <laughs> I got my wife tied up out back. Oh, no. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> Literally have her out back. Well, the problem is she jumps the fence yeah. if I don't. Oh, man, you should see. I, when I let her in the house, she shits all over the place. <laughs> Uh, on our three-year anniversary, I got her a squeak toy. Oh, no. I don't know. Is it, oh. is it paper or squeak toys? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, I just got her a box of tennis balls. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Honey, it's your favorite. It's milk bones. <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, this this law firm, I guess, that's that's saying all the same things, all the same tired old lines right. that we hear every time when they talk about same-sex marriage. They also tote this other thing out, and I'm going to read directly from the article here. It says, if marriage means fulfilling one's personal choices regarding intimacy, it is difficult to see how states could regulate marriage on any other basis. If personal autonomy is the essence of marriage, then not only gender, but also number, familial familial relationship, and even species are insupportable limits 
on the principle that they will uh, that they all will fall. So basically, they're they're saying that if we allow same-sex marriage, then we also, in some ways, are taking a step to allowing people to have multiple partners in the same marriage, incest in a marriage, and or interspecies relationships in a marriage. And what I think they bring those things out for is for the the you factor, right? They 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 Certainly. tack these yeah. things on so that people say, "Sex with dogs, ew," <laughs> and they make that face and they, ew, and they they want them to feel the same revulsion that they might feel if a same sex couple's getting married. Immediately, you know, like the 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 thing is, is that people they think about people having sex, right? So there's that moment right. where they think about you meet someone. And for some reason, there's this group of people out there that automatically picture you in bed. Pent up Christian. I have no idea it's who these people Christians. are because I don't meet people like that. I don't meet. I don't meet a person. I don't imagine anymore. Ever yeah. since the internet, I yeah. can't imagine. <laughs> I demand evidence. Yeah, exactly. I just I, like, send me video. And and I don't think of. I I certainly don't think of couples. Having sex, I just don't. That doesn't occur to me. I now, when I was a single man, because I don't think about other women now. Now that I'm married, I don't ever think about. No, no, it's impossible. Can't. I'm actually not even sure that there are other women. I don't think that. I don't think you can prove it. Anyway, I think they're all. In any case, they're all Barbies down there. See, I knew (laughs) though, but before I was married, right? Yeah, before long, long long time ago, before you even could spell your wife. Yeah, exactly right. I I wound up uh, would meet a girl, and I would uh, let's say I met a girl who happened to be with somebody else at the time. Sure. If I were to ever per- think of that person in a sexual situation, I would never think of them with someone else. I, right? I would be like, I'm that guy. Yeah, right? It, wouldn't, it just doesn't make any sense it's to think POV, of some- It's all POV, man. I don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? You got to do that search. That's got to be <laughs> You know, it's also funny because like, this is like clearly a- a set of solutions in search of a problem. There's no, there's no major groups clamoring for incestuous marriage, right? right. Nobody's asking for it. Yeah. And and it's so funny because it's like you're you're misunderstanding the idea of consent, oh, yeah, and we've totally, talked yeah. about this before. So I'm not going to hammer it home again. But I mean, I mean, really, that's that's the crux of that issue is consent. But then the other thing, it's like you're arguing against a position nobody else is taking. It's so right. evidently a straw man. Right. It's no. It's not like there's you know. Incest pride parades. Sure, there's no be- bestiality pride parades. Right. So it's it's not like there's like huge groups of people who <laughs> Just are be like a bunch of dock walkers. Yeah, like- <laughs> my rights too. Like, okay, I'm gonna clean yeah. up after your parade. Yeah. I don't know what's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but explicitly though, bestiality is one of those things that is. Non-consent. Of course. It's impossible for there to be a position of consent between two different species. Right. And if you don't think your dog has free will, take the fucking leash off and see right. what happens. And see what, yeah, yeah. It's, like, exactly. it's like, my dog is here because he loves me, and that's yeah. why he wears a collar with his name on it yeah. and a microchip. <laughs> and microchip. Yeah. yeah, and I have a fence. Yeah. <laughs> because he loves me. He loves me so much. It's like, he loves you, yes. Yeah. But he's fucking, at the end of the day, he's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> And if he sees a fucking squirrel, <laughs> out of here, baby. he's like, he'll run away, and then when he can't yeah. smell you anymore, he now lives in yeah. Squirrelville. Yo, science, what is it all about? Technology, what is that all about? Is it good, or is it whack? So this next story is less of a story. That's, it's just something that's sort of resurfaced. Yeah. And we've talked about the Food Babe. This comes from the Food Babe blog. And before anybody decides to call us out, I know that this is from an old blog, but it's also fucking funny. Yeah. 
and it has resurfaced. Um, and so on the Food Babes website, she has an article. Had. Had. Because she took it down. Yeah. And she, when I first found it, I went to her site. So she took it down in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think probably in the last, like, 10 days. Because yeah. when I first saw this, I saw it from the source. Now it's gone. So for whatever reason, this, this blog post got a lot of attention now, even though it's a couple of years old. <clears throat> and the, the, the blog post is about what to do when you're traveling, Cecil. And she has some, some really unique viewpoints on what happens to you and how airplanes work. Oh, yeah. Everything and it's in here. So crazy. We have to just read pieces. We There's do. nothing we else do. we can do. But I, the thing I just want to address before we get started, though, Tom, is I understand that sometimes you and I don't do the research that we need to do. And I get right. that. It's we're busy, we have families, we have jobs, we do other things. And so once in a while, we'll make a gaffe. Sure. And we'll come back and, and apologize for it or whatever. But most of the time, we're unwilling to take a step that would lead us to a, a certainty answer like this, right? To say something so outrageous as to say uh, that the plane pulls in oxygen from, <laughs> from outside, outside and the pilots get more air and more recirculated and air, air and better air. Better so that's air. why it's a sit up front. It's so funny too because the, the seats up front are the most expensive seats in the fucking plane. Right. You know, the ones that are the most expensive, first class, business class, all that shit costs extra money. Everybody flies coach. Everybody I know flies coach. Right. Uh, although I just recently started buying the 40 extra dollars each way for a little extra room. There's like a business class on a lot of flights and it's a little extra money. It is so fucking worth it. Holy shit, it's is the it really? best money I've ever spent in my life. Because you have actually have a little wider seat, and the people are a little farther away from you, and you have more room in between. Oh, it's fucking glorious. Yeah, because the, the current cattle car situation has gotten really absurd. Super unpleasant. And, I, and that's a reason why I think a lot of people get sick, too. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But I think that when you fly, you're stuck in a tube with 50 other people breathing and coughing and wheezing and emitting fluids and whatever, and you're going to have a, an opportunity to get sick. I think that's greater than if I were to not be in contact with any other human being. And, you know, we know how germs work. We know how diseases are spread. Sure, right. So, it's not like they sanitize the airplane no, before each use. Absolutely either. not. And, and you can't right. sanitize the person sitting next to you. Well, I do. Yeah, it's just like you're just yeah. like spraying Purell on them. <laughs> well, I got a spritzer of it. <laughs> You know, what, what I actually do is I wear one of those garbage bags, like that Jewish guy yeah. who didn't want to fly over graves. You remember yeah. that guy? Yeah. I just, do you remember that I guy? I do, I do. Yeah, I, so I just, I sit in the airplane just covered in plastic. Covered bag. in garbage bags, yeah. Because yeah, garbage, it. God can't see you if you're if hiding. If you're in a garbage yeah, bag. If, if God has a towel over his eyes, he can't see well, you. Well, it only counts if it's a yeah. hefty. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's like a cinch sack, you're fine. But- you know, the other thing that happens, too, is that you're stressed from traveling. That could lead to a lot of th sure. you feeling bad or you feeling I'll tell you Ill. what, you just travel with kids, you're fucking stressed. You're probably feeling pretty good on vacation, and when you come home, life is back to normal, so maybe you might feel a little bad because of that. Who knows why everybody right. gets sick? There's probably many reasons. I'm sure there's many reasons. And I'm not going to do the research who knows to find out why. Maybe it's a myth too that people just get sick more from traveling on planes. I don't even notice. know if that's a truth. You could just notice, more. right? You could just it, it, there's there's it lots of other things. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to claim the observation. Bias. I don't care, right. but uh, but I'm not going to tell people what's 100. The way she says it, the yeah. way she states things, the way she writes things. And it's blatantly false stuff. She starts talking about nitrogen at one point, Tom. It's amazing. I want to read the nitrogen okay. statement. 
She says the air you're breathing in an airplane is recycled from directly outside your window. Not true. I don't think that's true. That's not true. That means that you are breathing everything that the airplane gives off and is flying through. That doesn't make sense. Anything the airplane gives off would be behind the airplane. Right. It's moving 600 miles an hour. Right. It's moving pretty quick. I mean, I can't imagine unless it somehow has a scoop that goes behind the air. Like what is and, it like, like? Shoots. It's, it's like exhaust- a carbon monoxide. <laughs> like I don't even know. How like, would that work? Like, yeah. like, like all of a sudden they like t- it only takes the air from behind the exhaust of the plane. Like that's where the intake is. <laughs> Wait, but there is no air intake. They just recycle right. the air from they, the interior cabin. Yeah, and then it says the air that is pumped. In isn't pure oxygen either. No shit, lady. Fucking, you don't get pure oxygen unless you're a football player and just ran back a touchdown. <laughs> right? It's mixed with nitrogen, sometimes at 50%. Oh, that's 25% less than in the air I'm breathing now. 28% less. Yeah, because it's 75, 78%, 78% in the normal air we're normal breathing, air. right? Yeah. And then 21% oxygen or something like that. And then there's the other yeah, stuff is, other gases, is trace yeah, gases inner, and then right. carbon monoxide or whatever. Yeah, carbon sure, dioxide isn't sure. there. But you have... Already, you're less, unless she's saying that it's at 50% nitrogen, and that's scary because normally it's at 70%, but I don't think that's what that's she's saying. That's not what she's saying. She's, she's suggesting very clearly that the presence of nitrogen in your air is something to be worried about, or that, that you, or as if to suggest that most of the time we're walking around in an environment which is 100% oxygen, and I'm so grateful we don't, because can you imagine the burn rate? Like, I know. You'd be like, let's start a campfire, also known as the Earth is a glowing <laughs> orb of death. <laughs> You know, like if the earth, if everything was pure oxygen, like shit would burn at incredible rates. Fucking everything would rust immediately. Oxidation is a fucking real thing. Oxygen is the enemy to almost everything other than shit that breathes and requires, you know, like like oxygen is not a, a like a universal good across the board just because we happen to need it. Like it is a fucking thing which oxidizes. Yeah. You know, it breaks shit down. Yeah, she's. But she, the thing, the thing that shocks me is how blatantly she'll just say these things. Right, just made it up. And she clearly just made this she up. Made she's it up. There's no. I mean, what other source? I don't even see this as being sourced. So she's just, she's just saying something. And the thing is, she's a pretty face. She's a good-looking girl, and she happens to have a blog where people will automatically take her word for it. Right. You know, one of the things that I love in this in this article is when your body's in the air. At a seriously high altitude, your body undergoes, that's two words in her blog, undergoes <laughs> some serious pressure. You do a little grammar Nazi I, thing it there. It makes so. me crazy. You do a little grammar Nazi thing. This is great. Just think about it. No, please don't, because this is going to break. <laughs> Airplanes thrive in places you don't. Airplanes thrive. Like, airplanes are like, woo, glad to be up here in the air, Thank unlike God. on the ground. Man, I hate landing. Yeah, where I suck at being an airplane. Like, no, it's just as good at being an airplane on the ground. It's still, it's not less of an airplane. It's less of an airplane. It's not like, oh, it's only yeah. 60% airplane. As I, as I fly, I get closer to the platonic realm of forms. <laughs> It's it's reached a level of, of <laughs> airplaneness. Airplaneness. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a glowing ball of airplane. And then she says, You're traveling in a pressurized cabin. And when your body yeah. is pressurized, it gets really compressed. You fucking goofball. The reason the cabin is pressurized is because as you go higher up, pressure goes lower. So if they did not pressurize the cabin, 
people would have a really hard time staying conscious. Yeah. Also alive for a significant amount of time. The airplane is pressurized at about the equivalent to 8,000 yeah. feet. I was going to say, it says it in this article, yeah. this person refutes their claim and right. says it's, it's pressurized at 8,000 feet. As the aircraft ascends, the pressure is allowed to drop. When the altitude exceeds 8,000 feet, the cabin is pressurized from the air uh, from the engine compressors. While flying in an airline, your body is not compressed. It's less pressurized than it was at the airport. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so awesome. Everything about that sentence, literally everything, including undergoes, is wrong. <laughs> everything in that sentence, like she, every part of that sentence, right. every statement she made right. is wrong. Well, there's a, there's a thing in here where she says, drink eight ounces of water for every hour of flight time. Can you imagine an international I'll flight? You, I'll tell you what, you got to piss a lot if you're on an international flight. You're going to Australia? Yeah. You'd be like, I'll just, I'll have one ticket to the lavatory, yeah. please. Can I just get an IV? Right. Can I just do IVs? I'll have an IV and a catheter. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Tokyo, so oh, if I can just hang my dick out the yeah. window. And... No, they'll recirculate the air. Yeah, recirculate the, the piss. <laughs> Everyone's drinking your pee. It's seven up up here. She brings her own food. There's a. There, it's not on this particular blog because he didn't copy the pictures, but she brought her own food, and she had all this stuff that she had in bags yeah. that she had packed with her. And it's all this sanitizer, and then she has this chai stuff to keep yeah, her right. yeah. energized. And then she Can you find- imagine her like burning sage as she walks through the- I can't imagine anybody taking this woman seriously. She, can you Seriously, for a second, honestly, if this woman sat next to me in an airplane- it would be like the movie Airplane. Yeah. Like, I would just want to kill myself. You'd punch him? You'd like, uh, it's like that long line of people punching that yeah, person. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Slap them to knock she them would out. be so obnoxious yeah. to sit next to. It would be fucking unbelievable. Pulling out her own, her own sandwich and, like, eating oh the crackers God. and the chips or whatever. She, you no, know, they were, they were tel- celery sticks and carrots is what she brought with. But then she talks about uh, how foods contain GMO and pesticides and MSG and chemicals. And, you know, what she's selling people, because she's selling something, right? She may not be selling, and I don't think she sells, I don't know if she sells supplements. She may sell supplements, I'm not sure. But what she's selling is her own healthy living lifestyle, right? right. Yeah. So what she's selling people is this oh. methodology that she has come to. It's the food based brand, man. Because she happens to be a good looking woman. That's how she sells it, right? right? She sells it through her own luck and good fortune with genetics. Because it, it's, not, it's not that she happens to eat carrot sticks, that she's a beautiful, thin you know, right. uh, happens to have, you know, very nice skin and long hair and is, you know, a nice right. smile. Of course. Right. It's not because you eat carrot sticks. It's because yeah. you take care of your entire body. Yeah. And there's this feeling that people want to cheat. They want to be able to cheat to, it's, it's the diet thing. It's that I want to cheat to get thin. I want to, nothing works except for diet and exercise, right? Nothing has long lasting ability except for diet and exercise. But people hear about this diet and they think, I want to cheat. I want to be able to get past that that difficult stuff to to be better. And the same thing here. They want to be able to get some sort of, this is the magic bullet. This is the thing that will allow me to get through the airport so I don't feel sick afterwards. And, yeah. I, and I want to be able to cheat and go through and not be sick. But I, the, the thing that, that shocks me is that people pay attention to it. And so that, many and people. She has you know, thousands and thousands of followers on every different social media, and people will buy her stuff up. Well, and people people will defend her vigorously. Yeah. You know, despite the fact that, like, every fucking claim she's making is demonstrably untrue. Every claim, you know, even the claim she makes, she makes this crazy claim about the humidity in an airplane. Yeah. And she compares it to the Sahara Desert and she gets both numbers wrong. Yeah. And you're just like, you didn't even Google it. Yeah. 
You didn't even like you didn't even Google that shit. And the thing is, too, like if you're writing an article about like the discomfort of air travel and how to ameliorate the discomforts of air travel, you don't need to make shit up. Air travel is uncomfortable. It's yeah. easy. That's a fucking yeah. Seinfeld skit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what's, what's the, the deal, deal with air travel? <laughs> Podcasters. They live in squalor, destitute, and disenfranchised, eking out an existence as best they can in such desolate places as Chicago. In pairs, but otherwise alone, they suffer from hunger and thirst, barely making it day to day on store-brand chicken wings and weak domestic beer. But now you can help. For just a few dollars a podcast, pennies a day, you can give them the restaurant-style chicken wings and imported beer that they so desperately need. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can make a difference in their lives, allowing them the opportunity to rant unfettered as nature intended. Please, go to patreon.com backslash distancepod today make a pledge and help these poor innocent creatures lead a life worth living this is this is the raw story episode man it's just fucking all raw story jehovah's witness leader complains gay people are plotting to put everyone in tight pants well i will tell you what sir as a man who cannot wear pants that are not tight because there is simply no amount of fabric. There's no amount of fabric. Which creates a right. loose or baggy pant upon my girth. You go to gel on fabrics and your pants are just, they're bolts of, of fabric wrapped around bolts of fabric. I've taken to wearing carpet remnants at this yeah. point. I just. <laughs> I wear boat sails at this That's, point. I call Empire. I, <laughs> I have that old man show yeah. up. Old man, it's Tuesday again, yeah. huh, Tom? Right. All right. Oh. We'll get you set up. Just don't soil these yeah. so fast, sir. I don't, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Make me some Berber pants. Do you know how hard it is to take these off? <laughs> take them off. <laughs> I just cut access holes in the shag. <laughs> Got a little trap door what back there. It's old time. Shagging my shag, yeah. baby. This guy, I don't want to play the clip. I, I, I mean, I, I just, it's so boring. He oh. is such a boring speaker. Well, he's a Jehovah's Witness. I, I could not believe how bland and lame his sermon was. And he's all over the place. He is just absolutely everywhere in this thing. He starts talking about uh, modesty and how it's not sound of mind, and then he, he goes on and on. What does about, he mean by that? Not sound know. of mind? Does it mean you're crazy know. if I you fucking so. wear tight drawers? We, he says, it's not appropriate. There's really nothing else to say. Now you want to be in your home, in your room, and wear stuff like that. That's your business. But don't go out like that and say you worship the true God. Why would God care how... So, God gave me skin right. that is exactly skin tight. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he like, didn't give me... Well, he gave he you can, a little extra. There's a little... Well, 
I'm growing yeah. it. You know, like I'm I'm basically a skin farm. You is are. what I am. You yeah. This is this is what this is, Cecil, is step one of a harvesting program. <laughs> the doctors come to you late at night and they're like, We just had a guy who had severe road rash. We need a part of your skin, Tom. No problem. Hey, that's why Take I'm a little off this. the sides. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> good. Burns over ninety percent of his body. Yeah. I've got him covered. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I actually, it it means nothing. It's basically, yeah. to me, it's a scraped elbow exactly. at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, but yeah, he's saying, when he says like, uh, and he has a weird thing against Spanx too. Like, and he, I don't yeah, think he, he saying, understands he I think he's, I think he's saying, I think he's trying to say spandex, I but think he doesn't so too, know what he's talking he says about. Spanx leggings? Yeah. And I thought Spanx weren't leggings. Yeah. Like, uh, but maybe I'm. I think he's on. missing, he's, 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 he's. Yeah, Juxta, he's like mix, mixing up the two, I think, confused. somehow, confusing the two yeah. in some way. Um, but yeah, he says, uh, this, is, this is what I like. He says, what's happened now is that it's really caught on more. The tight suit jacket and the tight pants, better known as tight pants. <laughs> it's like, wait, the tight pants are better known as tight pants. <laughs> you know, like that tiger, better known as a tiger. <laughs> this is my friend Bill, a.k.a. Bill. Bill. <laughs> Bill is an accountant, also known as a accountant. What are you talking about? It's so weird. Also, everything he says, and then he just says they are tight all the way down to the ankles, as if like if they bow out. Yeah, like, no, was he, if, What if they were like butter? Well, those bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. That's yeah. right. I was gonna call them butterfly pants. That's butterfly not right. pants needs to be a thing. <laughs> butterfly pants would be yes. Awesome. What if they were butterfly pants? <laughs> They're made of real butterflies. <laughs> Way to kill so many monarchs just for yeah. one pair of pants. Yeah, and they're like, not even you, very good. You clap your hands, your pants just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> they just fly away. Just fly away. You're like, fuck it, I killed 10,000. They're in danger. Doesn't mean shit to me. I don't care. Yeah, this is another uh, be afraid to be ashamed of your body thing. Though. Right. This yeah. is just like what we talked about earlier with Pat Robertson. It's be ashamed of your body. Be, be ashamed that you have this body and you've got to cover it up. If you want to do it at home, that's fine. But once you go outside, God will hate you if you don't. Yeah. God, well, God doesn't care what goes on in your house because he can't see yeah, through your yeah. walls. Very difficult. That's why see. you get, like, I don't know. My walls are all made out of lead. Yeah. Yeah. I have, because God is like, like, God is like gamma radiation. Yeah. Sure. You know, he can't see through yeah. that shit. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking so it's crazy. Like Superman. Right. He can only see through some stuff, not everything. God damn it. I can't see through suburban track house <laughs> construction. Fuck. <laughs> Wait. Is that God guys. creeping around my window again? <laughs> Get out of here, God. I ain't seen nothing. Are you wearing them tight pants? <laughs> and so, not the ones that bow out at the bottoms. I'm talking about the tight pants uh, all the way down. Tight pants. Don't show me the shape of your calves. <laughs> like, what? Like, dude, I got cankles. What difference does it You're make? You're going to have to sacrifice those calves to me. <laughs> if the ionization rate is constant for all ectoplasmic entities, we could really bust some heads. In a spiritual sense, of course. You know, I like this article because I think it asks the questions we're all afraid to ask. <laughs> Scared mother asks, is there a ghost inside my child? I don't know. Shake it. See if it comes out. <laughs> I thought like, like, well, I mean, if you're religious, don't you all believe there's yeah, a ghost inside imagine, of yeah, you? Yeah, I think you're right. Like, yeah. Isn't. Isn't that like the thing that animates your flesh? Yeah, aren't we all ghosts? Like that's, a, that's a really interesting point that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. We're all just ghosts walking around in our- You're right. We're you all know? meat puppets, like yeah. you said earlier. It's just, it just so happened we have a ghost inside of us. If you're alive, you're just a ghost in waiting, Yeah. right? <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> like just, a pre-ghost. You're, you're, you're a pre-ghost. 
so scared mother in Virginia Beach. Um, she's concerned about what's happening to their four-year-old son. Um, they're convinced that it's a ghost in uh, inside the child. She says he just starts crying hysterically and asking, uh, and, and I say, what is wrong, Andrew? And he says, why did you let me die in that fire? <laughs> And then she asks herself, well, why didn't I, damn it? <laughs> oh, my God. Stop with the annoying questions, and I won't save you next time. And I don't understand the way this is read, the, the way this is written. I won't save you next time. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't save you next time. It took me a minute. So the way this is written, let me let me read this out loud and see if you can help me make sense of this. I truly, Because I she says, um, accor- and this is the very next sentence, according to WTVR, U.S. Marine Sergeant Val Lewis died in a bombing explosion October 23rd, 1983, in Beirut, Lebanon. Yet four-year-old Andrew remembers it as his own death. But then I don't see anything else that would suggest that he remembers this very specific event. How do they connect this very specific death of this person in Beirut, Lebanon, to this four-year-old boy? It sounds like a kid with a fucking imagination, and then the parents take it seriously, which fuels it. Yeah. And then they do weird shit, like taking the kid to graveyards and, like, where this dead guy is buried. And then, you know, like, kids play off of that shit. Sure. Like, they read like your clever emotions. clever Hans and, or whatever, right? All you got to do right. is just they look at how you're looking, and then they do this thing. And Yeah. It's a, it's a horse that knows how to do math. Exactly. There's There's ways in which to figure out whether or not human beings continue on after death if this is the case right there's there's i'm sure there's plenty of ways blind studies and things that you could do sure to a blind test in which to to decide whether or not this person's going to do it but what this person wants is publicity exactly right yeah. i mean if you really did want to get at the heart of this if you were if i were a parent of a child that were experiencing something like this i would want to get at the heart of whatever it was uh, because I certainly wouldn't want my child just to burst into tears and be like, "Why didn't let me die in that fire?" <laughs> right, that'd be, be like, a little weird. I'd be uh, a little weirded out by that. I can't. I can't deny that. It's I think awkward at the grocery store. There. <laughs> you know, it's that's like... a weird tantrum to hear too. You know, <laughs> from the kid. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Get the Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, I would want to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. As a, as a concerned parent, I would want to get to the bottom of it. I would want to get to the bottom of it if it was a, a niece or a nephew or sure. whatever. I would want yeah. to get to the bottom of it. And I I don't have a lot of sympathy for a family that's going to throw their kid up on television like this to you know, sort of pimp them out. Well, and that was my next question. Like, how did this end up on TV? Because if this was happening in my house, it would never occur to me to be like, man, this is fucking weird. My fucking four-year-old is having weird tantrums about dead Marines and dying in fires. I should totally call the news station. Yeah. Yeah. How would that even work? Like, well, it was on the show Ghost Inside My Child. So they had oh, to... Oh, I... They you had know, to, why didn't I... Yeah. Yeah. And that Ghost Inside My Child, they go door to door looking for ghosts inside of children. I don't right. know if you knew this. So Not, she probably didn't have to do a lot. They're very much like Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, very much, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the bad news? Absolutely. You go to the store, your kid has one tantrum, and they automatically know. It's, it gets it's, back to the Ghost Inside My Child people. That, well, they've got, they've got Ghost Inside My Child <laughs> agents posted it. They have ghosts literally in every child. That's it. <laughs> They don't travel very far. There's a ghost inside my child. Eh, it's just a child. Yeah. Like kids are just shitty. Like that's it. Like, kids are shitty. Like your kid is. That's just... gonna be the next dissonance pod quote that people do. <laughs> Last week it was nobody sucks dick for the flavor. This week it's kids are shitty. Kids yeah. are shitty. Yeah. I have two of them. They're shitty. <laughs> One of them literally shits himself. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This story comes from Addicting Info. Brian Fisher suggests ethnic cleansing of Native Americans is justified by God. 
Well, that's kind of an awkward position to put yourself in there, Brian Fisher. Isn't he about like 300 years late for Manifest Destiny? I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? And the fucking buffalo had it coming, too. Who's arguing this nowadays? Okay. Yeah, and- He's arguing like a 400-year-old argument. Go west, young man. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Do you want really? to hear him? Yeah. yeah. No, there I don't know. Go. Yes. Brian Fisher. From a moral standpoint, this is why it was right for the nation of Israel under God's direction to come in and displace the Canaanites. They didn't displace them. Displacing is like, hey, you live here now. Not like, hey, you don't live now. Like, that's not (laughs) displacing. As a man who displaces a significant volume of water, the water is not gone when I leave. It's just moved. (laughs) Displaced? I'm going to displace... Oh, we're going to displace them by bashing their children's heads against these rocks. We displace their brains. That's just- <laughs> Yeah. I displace the blood volume from their body. Dislocated is very different than displaced, right. I guess. So The Canaanites had been so corrupt. They had been so, they had so lapsed into superstition and paganism and idolatry. Paganism, I would not accuse you of. But idolatry and superstition, I would accuse yeah. you of, Brian <laughs> Fisher. <laughs> and sexual immorality, and savagery. You know, and God gave them 1,400 years. God said to Moses, look, this land is yours, but I'm not going to be able to bring you into this land for another 400 years because, he says, the sin of the Amorites is not yet complete. That's God's patience. Who believes this (laughs) jib-jab? Oh, my God. I mean, listen to this garbage. Honestly, listen to that fucking jam. That is the fucking biggest, giantest pile of fetid dog shit. (laughs) That is some fucking maggoty fucking goddamn thinking. Oh, God couldn't do it for 400 years. Really? God couldn't do anything? Like, God was like, wait, we got to wait like 400 years. How do you sell that to somebody? How do you sell that? How do you look at somebody and be like, all right, here's the deal. Cecil, I will give you my house. But you have to wait 400 years. <laughs> what the fuck? It's a meaningless thing to say. I know you're fucking my wife, but I'm going to wait 50 years to confront right. you. Right. <laughs> Stop it in 50 years. In 50 years. Hey, hey, in 2064, yeah. take your dick out. <laughs> God says, look, I'm going to be patient with the Amorite people for 400 years. And if they continue to sin, at the rate that they're sinning, every time they sin, they're putting a little more slop in the slop bucket. And if they keep doing that, eventually the slop bucket's going to get full, and I'm going to have to empty out that slop bucket. What's the sin exchange rate for slop? <laughs> like, how much slop's in the bucket? Like, God looks over at the slop bucket like, eh, still room. Yeah, yeah let him keep sinning. You guys are still sinning. Yeah. Should we intervene? Should we help? Should we give him a fucking kind word? Maybe I could show up in person and be like, Hey, stop doing it. Now, just watch the slop bucket. Just <laughs> keep our, an eye on the old slop. That's slopper. our barometer over yeah. there is a slop bucket. But I want and this may even be a part of American history. When we think about the moral right for the nation and the peoples that God brought into this land to exercise sovereign control uh, over this land, part of that equation, again, I just suggest this to you for your thinking, part of that equation may have to do with the immorality of those nations that were exercising sovereign control over this land at the time. What? Uh, what do you even <laughs> say to that? Like, yeah, it was totally awesome when, like, those people that lived here first and didn't do anything to anybody other than them. Like, 
Yeah, it was cool when they like when Europeans showed up and enslaved them and you know butchered them by the hundreds of thousands and brought with them fucking pestilence and rape and torture and kidnapping and forced slavery and murder. That was a moral action condoned by a just God. If that's the if I mean honestly, if that's the answer, it's like even if God were real, I would have no interest. Yeah, not whatsoever. I'd be like, mm, that's a fucking that's a dude I'm not. Well, it's gonna... just story after story of that. Because right. clearly there's an analog in the Bible that he's that he's referring to. Exactly. So there's an analog in the Bible where God says, Um, I don't give a fuck about you people. And he, he does it again and again and again and again. Why could how in the world would you be able to worship a God like that? Why why would Brian Fisher come like you said, like why would he come to this argument now? Like, what is the pressing need to address this issue? He's talking. What, Did he think- lose money at a casino? <laughs> oh, he, no. Is he, is he made me he, mad? He's playing the big bingo there, and he <laughs> lost. The uh, the thing I think he's trying to loop back on, we didn't get that far because there's not enough of the show here that's played for it, but I think he's trying to loop back. God is going to judge us in the same way that he judged the Indians in some way. But doesn't that assume that there's going to be a conquering third power that's going to like swing in that's and God's nuts? Oh yeah, well I didn't think about it that <laughs> big way. Big swinging ball. No, now that you put it that this way, giant wrecking ball coming like a wrecking scrotum ball. <laughs> is going to come and smash the United States. It'll be States. naked God like swinging <laughs> in, like, bag in the like world, a, like a fucking slovenly hillbilly Miley Cyrus. Here I come! Oh man, it's God on a wrecking ball. Uh, oh, it's going to take a really long time four, with just one wrecking ball. His though. four horsemen are all coon dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, war, pestilence, death. Damn it. <laughs> Come on, boys. Go That's get them. Get that bird. Get that bird. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed in nothing but a schoon king cap and a smile. God smote the Americans for, oh, whatever. Who fucking cares? He teabagged the entire United States. <laughs> dropped his balls right on the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to thank, uh, we got a ton of new patrons. We want to thank all of you. Thank you so much. Uh, we got a, just a bunch of brand new patrons this week. So we want to thank Corey, DA, Alex, Jeremy, Andre, Ayami, Steven, Tim, Debzilla, Brendan, Reed, Andre C., Jose, Lisa, and Stefan H. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate all the uh, the donations to the show uh, it's it really makes us feel good that people uh, people want to hear our stuff and that they go out of their way to give us their hard earned dollars. That's it's really wonderful. So thank you all. Thanks to all our patrons. Yeah, absolutely. You know what what that money does is it helps us get to events like Skepticon, which we're going to in just a couple of weeks. Next week. Next week. Next week we're going to. So it, it helps bring us to Skepticon. It helps us with our donation and charity work that we're doing, and it helps fill my massive belly full of hot wings. <laughs> So thank you. One thing we want to, we're thinking about doing, and uh, and we wanted to ask the patrons and other people too. Uh, we're thinking about putting together a very short show, uh, maybe twenty to thirty minutes long, once a month possibly. Uh, that would be a patron only release. So we would release it only on Patreon, uh, and it would probably be a single topic show. So we would pick a single topic and talk about that single topic for a uh, twenty or so minutes. We're hoping. Uh, if people would be interested in that, let us know. Send us an email and say, hey, you know, I, I, I'm a patron and I would really would be interested in an extra bit of content that would be patron only. And then if you're not a patron and you, you would be interested in it, let us know. We'd, we'd really like to be we'd really like to sort of know what to do before we do it. We don't want to put a lot of work into something that isn't well received. So and we know that the audience will get in contact with us. So send us a message and let us know what you think. 
We got a message from uh, a bunch of people talking about Skepticon. A couple of people had sent us yep. sent to us sent us messages about being at Skepticon. Uh, they're going to be at Skepticon. We're going to be there. We're going to come driving in. Uh, we're actually going to be driving down. Uh, Tom and I with uh, David from My Book of Mormon. Yep, we're going to rent uh, uh, an F-350, I think, because yeah. we're going to need something that can really handle a serious <laughs> cargo. We're going to get one of those double-bladed helicopters to take <laughs> us down there. Uh, no, but we're going to be driving down there with David from My Book of Mormon. So we're going to be traveling down there together. So we'll uh, we'll be seeing people when we show up. We are going to, when we go to a bar, we're not sure where the bars are or what's going on there. But when we get to a bar that night, probably on Friday, we will tweet out. We'll probably find out where people are going, go there, and then tweet out. So pay attention to the Twitter feed. On Friday night and on Saturday night, we'll be tweeting where we're at. And if people are interested and want to come hang out with us, we're, we're more than happy to have a beer with you and, and chat. So come on by and see us when we're at Skepticon. Absolutely. We got a message from Donna Down Under, Tom, and it's pretty funny. Hey, dudes. Uh, my girlfriend heard me singing the following. I had to explain what a glory hole was. And she thought I was nuts. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> I hate and love you guys. I have that effect on a lot yeah, of different people, it turns out. Pretty standard, yeah. actually. Uh, so this is, this is from Bradford, and Bradford says, uh, there is one good thing about uh, the asshats wrapping Halloween treats in anti-vax blatherings. Uh, now you know where all the unvaccinated people live, and you can make it. Uh, you can make it so that your own kids never get to go to those germ farms again. That's I think awesome. that's I think that's, that's awesome. That's great. Yep. We got a message. This is from Pascal's Razor, and this made me laugh. Uh, this person was uh, non-religious, but they they really weren't uh, looking for a lot of different uh, sort of outlets for that. They they wound up getting and picking up some atheist podcasts and sort of working around to going through like hardcore history and sci-fi. And then, as Pascal here says. One day, I was surfing through iTunes and stumbled upon a show called Cognitive Dissonance. I figured it was some sort of psychological science project, <laughs> which sounded vaguely interesting, so I grabbed a couple episodes, and then he says he was a devoted listener ever since then. I have no idea why, but uh, but thank you very much, Pascal. I always laugh out loud whenever I read anybody came through us, because they thought it was a psychological podcast of some sort. I can just imagine the terrible disappointment, <laughs> like just the crushing... <laughs> Like it'd be like it'd be like a being a kid and like you open your fucking Christmas present and it's like yeah an Xbox box with socks in it exactly <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, God. I was like filled with Goodwill underwear right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being followed all day around with a sad trombone like know, everything right? you do is like wah, wah. Wah. <laughs> we got a message uh, this was actually. Uh, really was a great article that was sent to us. Um, this is from John, and John sent, said the assisted suicide we talked about last week. There was an article uh, printed on Patheos blogs about this, and I just want to quote one uh, piece of this article, and this is about um, a, a former Christian is coming to grips with euthanasia and things like mm -hmm. that, and they wrote a, a story, and the story is entitled, Brittany Maynard Didn't Commit Suicide, What We Can Learn from 9-11's Falling Man, and I just want to read this one caption. It seems disingenuous to force someone to choose between two ways of dying and then turn on them in judgment for picking the least painful of the two options. I think that's great. I think that that hits that whole thing right in the head. It just it just it is it it sort of severs the whole argument where there it's not like nobody gets out alive from any of this. Right. But there there's also the fact that the death is going to be slow and painful. 
or Quicken over? Which one do I want? And he's talking about the falling man, the guy who jumped from from 9-11. I mean, you see a picture of him. He is pointing his head at the ground, diving out of the window to die because he knows. He knows this is the last few seconds alive. He's either going to burn to death on the building or he's going to try to jump out of the building and kill himself because he has no way out. There's not a lot of good options. There's no good good options options. Would you rather that guy burned alive or tried some way in which to stop himself from, you know, suffering in some right. way. And he chose one option that is a little less painful. Why can't we do the same thing with euthanasia? Why are we so against it? And we we talked about it last week why we just can't figure out why the people are so gung-ho against it. We got a great uh we got a great image that I'm going to put as the image for this particular episode. This is from Elise and she said, "Wanted to share this in case you hadn't seen it." Uh, in my atheist home, we see two Tyrannosauruses roaring around an alien spaceship that's landed uh, as an overhead an overhead giant comet is about to destroy the atmosphere, wiping out both dinosaurs and evidence of aliens. And if this is actually a cutout version of two people praying uh, over the manger. So it's a silhouette image of two people praying over the manger and if you look at it right it looks like a t-rex it, it looks like it two totally t-rexes does. it is awesome it says on the on the actual meme it says science versus religion is it an nativity scene or two tyrannosaurus rex fighting over a watermelon i think that is it's hilarious. pretty great yeah it, it looks great it's awesome is is the plural tyrannosaurus rex tyrannosauri i think <laughs> <laughs> or is it tyrannosaurus rexes <laughs> Rexi. Tyrannosaurus right, Rexi. <laughs> That's when they don't eat enough. Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, that wraps it up for this this show. We are going to have another show later on this week. Uh, please be in touch with us uh, and let us know what you think about sh- a short patron-only episode. And uh, we are going to be releasing uh, probably, I think, on w- Thursday if we can because we are going to be in a car all day on Friday. It's true. So, uh, with the windows with down. With the windows. Oh, <laughs> I hope it warms up for all your sakes. All right, folks. Wish, wish me luck. <laughs> and we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.